when you put muscle on your body, muscle is the most metabolically active tissue. So the more muscle you have, the more you're going to be burning. So I, now that I have muscle, I work out less. I eat pretty much whatever I want. I eat often, but I turn back on my metabolism. Have you been working out and working out and working out, but not quite seeing the results you want? Erin Washington, who is the host of the popular podcast, blog, and book called Squats and Margarita, is Margaritas, is a former college athlete who had struggled with eating disorders and body image for 20 years. Today, she is a mom of two, she's a lifestyle blogger, an advocate for living life with balance, hence the name of her brand, Squats and Margaritas. While this episode is not designed to replace any medical advice or advisement that you're under, I would consider the question, do you think that it's possible to eat and drink whatever you want in moderation and still lose weight? And while there are so many factors to answering this question, I was noticing my own resistance to this idea as we were discussing because sometimes I need to crush that entire bag of Doritos and wonder, do you have the same reaction as I do? Or maybe this is something you haven't considered before and would like to explore. Maybe this is a new avenue that could really unlock something for you that maybe the other diets and plans and things that you're trying to accomplish just hadn't been successful before. Maybe this is it. For more on this and to get in touch with me, please go to allisonhair.com or DM me on the socials. We're going to be having an online discussion about this on the Culture Changers Discord server and links for all of it is in the show notes. Here is my chat with Erin Washington. All right, so we were talking about intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. And how it's learned. <laughs> and it shouldn't be, it doesn't sound like you need to learn to be intuitive. But for someone that has a disordered eating past, I didn't even remember like hunger cues. I was always hungry because I didn't eat anything. But like, it was almost like if you were starving and you felt hungry, it was almost good. Like, oh, I'm just going to wait it out. Um, I would always wait it out till meal times because I'd be like, well, I just ate breakfast and it's not lunchtime yet. My body is saying I'm hungry, but I'd be like, I'm just going to wait till lunch, save my calories. I was all about like saving calories for the end of the day, calories in versus calories out. If your body is hungry and you have the hunger cue to eat and then you don't eat, do you ever notice it just like kind of goes away? Like you can kind of pass it. Yeah. Like it, your not body often, is eating yeah. muscle. Like your body is almost like and it holds on to everything that you put in it when it, you're living like that because it thinks you're, you're starving. It's like, she's not going to eat, so we can't burn because we have to hold on to everything to keep this girl alive. If you listen to your hunger cues and you eat when you're hungry, and the other part is stop when you're satisfied, not full, not when there's nothing left on the plate. Uh, you can, t like, I truly, Allison, I eat whatever I want now. Truly whatever I want. Uh, wings, beer, uh, pasta, like things that would have been completely off limits before. And I order them, like if I'm in a restaurant, exactly as they come. That satisfies my brain, which is a huge part of it because I see that I'm getting pasta. Uh, my brain sees that I'm getting chicken wings and beer, what, what my brain wants. I eat, say I eat two chicken wings. They give me eight. And then I check in, just taking that second. Like, am I satisfied? Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm like, absolutely not. And I eat three more. 
Am I satisfied? I rarely finish all of it because I got what I wanted. My brain is satisfied because I didn't order, you know, pasta with no butter, sauce on the side, no cheese, where I used to do before. And I'm like, oh, I just ordered this really healthy meal that I don't even enjoy. And I would eat all of it because it was low fat and I kept all the toppings off. Now I eat what I want to eat, completely enjoy it, but I don't need a ton of it. And I don't need a ton of it. It's like your brain is satisfied that you got the good thing that you've been restricting and that you're allowing it to have. You don't need to eat all of it. So it's just that check-in. And if you want to eat all of it, you're still hungry, eat all of it. And don't think about it all week and stress yourself out with like the cortisol. Um, Another thing too, like when things are off limits, like I I would do like cake. I mean, for 20 years, I wasn't eating cake. Like absolutely not. So you go to a wedding and it's like they pass around the cake. Now I will eat maybe like half a piece of cake and I'll be satisfied. I'm like, and I got cake before I would be like, well, I'm not eating cake. And then say I had a bite. I'd be like, oh, I blew it. Time to go off the rails. (laughs) Might as well eat the whole cake because I messed up and start over on Monday. And you live in this cycle of just like everything is off limits. And then when you have the thing, you overdo it because you're living in this deprived like state. If nothing is off limits... And it's a part of your lifestyle every day for me, like margaritas, uh, red wine. I remember when I would not drink during the week because I'm going to eat clean, not drink during the week. And then you go on a bender on the weekend and it's like, I I can't have a glass of wine with dinner, but on Saturday I would end up having a bottle of wine because it's my drinking day and it's not going to be available to me on Monday. But if you live with balance, nothing is off limits and it's not as enticing anymore. Like I have a glass of wine every day. So I'm never tempted on a Friday or Saturday night to like binge drink because it's not like I've been waiting all week and it's off limits and now I can have it. It's something that's a part of my lifestyle. It's not as tempting. It's just like it's wine and it makes it less scary almost. Like there's nothing off limits. I have something sweet with my coffee every day. Again, it satisfies my brain. Um, I have a cocktail or something. A, a, A big part of like when people are like you drink every day, I like pairing uh, drinks with food. And for so long for me, food was like something that I, you know, punish myself with something I took away, mm. um, something that was, uh, either off limits or it was a vehicle to throw up. Like it was just, that's what food was. Now mm. I enjoy food, totally enjoy my meals. And so if I have pasta or pizza, I have a glass of red wine. If I have chicken wings or a burger, I have a beer and it's like an experience now. Like I enjoy food. I don't have that noise about like the calorie. Like I hate that there's calories next to everything now, like on menus. And I know that that I'm sure it helps people, but somebody that has a disordered eating past and is trying to just be intuitive, eat what you want, not a ton of it. And you see the calories again, it's triggering. And it's it everywhere. is insane to see like the calories at Five Guys Burgers. I haven't, they're I the best burgers on the planet. I haven't eaten one. <laughs> they're like 2,000 calories for just I know. the burger. But if you didn't see that, like I see that there's I a point I would have eaten that. that, yes. Yeah. And and you wouldn't have stressed it because you didn't know it was 2,000 calories. Mm-hmm. I know that it, I'm sure it helps people. Like, oh, I'm going to make a better choice. Or I had a hungry girl, uh, Lisa Lillian was on my show and she was like, I look at it. Like, it's not that I won't get it, but she's like, if I see a salad as a thousand calories, I'll go through and be like, what does it have on it? Uh, blue cheese, uh, avocado, the dressing, like I'll make little edits so that I can still get the salad, but it won't be as many calories. And I had to tell her, like, I was like, I do the opposite. I would get it 
exactly how it was prepared and really enjoy the food and then check in. And like, sometimes you only eat half of it, but you're not feeling like you didn't get something. You never feel deprived because you got it. You got the salad you wanted. I get to have red wine every day. I get to have something sweet with my coffee. So why would I ever quit? Or like, you're not deprived. Like balance is just making those allowances in the day, like eat pretty clean when you can have the things that you need to have and maybe go without something that you don't really need to have. And you wouldn't even miss like Chick-fil-A. I, I get a grilled chicken club. I don't care about the bun. If I don't have the bun, I'm not going to be at five o'clock today being like, oh, that bun, but I need the fries. <laughs> so I don't take the bun. I get a handful of fries. My brain is satisfied. I got fries and I didn't overdo it and just eat a bun that's there because I don't need it. And I don't even think about it anymore. People are, I, I share my orders at places because balance just becomes something like, or I know I'm going to have a margarita later. So I'm going to have like a pretty healthy lunch. You just make allowances in your day to balance your choices out and you just keep it moving. You don't stress. If you have a glass of wine, it's not like oh, I had wine. I better finish the bottle because tomorrow's not a drinking day. Just have a glass of wine. And then you don't want to have the bottle because it's something you have every day. Like this is something that works for me. And after restricting for so long, like now I just live with balance. You know what I hear about that, which I think is fascinating. I'd be, I'd be interested to dig in is that it seemed like food was a punishment to you in the past. It was something you had to torture yourself into compliance where it seems like the exact opposite at some point, how, like, what did rock bottom look like for you? And what did recovery look like for you? Great question. Uh, rock bottom, there's a very vivid picture of me. I was living in DC and there was a snowstorm and I was out in the snowstorm like a blizzard walking to a convenience store to get all the things that I could throw up. And I remember having this moment of clarity, like mm. what in the hell are you doing? You are the only person on the streets, like a drug addict. I say in my book, like out to get a fix. I had to do it. Like my mind was programmed to binge and purge. And in that moment, I was like, you need to get help. Did I get help? No, because of the shame. But that was rock bottom. And the recovery, like I, I'm still, I say my book is a journey to finding balance because I still have the noise in my mind about certain things. Like I still strive for a physical ideal. I feel better. Like I feel my best in my best body. And I've been criticized by the eating disorder community that it shouldn't be about a physical ideal. I should be happy at any size. And I think maybe had I gone for treatment, the mental aspect would have changed and been better for me. But the physical element of eating disorders, I don't do anything like that anymore. I don't restrict. I don't count calories. I don't abuse my body. And I found out like when you have an obsessive personality, uh, you're just, you channel your obsession into one thing. And obviously for me for 10 years, it was like binging and purging. And people are always like, what was like the moment? How did you stop doing it? It wasn't like a, a day where I was like, I'm not going to do it anymore. And this is going to make me sound like a psycho, but it's true. <laughs> I started dating my husband who was a pro bowl linebacker in the NFL, um, at the time. And I became, so I was struggling with my self-worth and all the mental noise. Like I didn't feel he was like so famous and I just didn't feel good enough. I became obsessed with making sure that he wasn't cheating on me. And I would go on like the message boards and put his name in because there'd be like these boards where these women could like talk about their experiences with players. And I would like make sure he wasn't on there. Oh I became God. obsessed with my relationship. Wow. And I'm telling you, Allison, when I channeled my obsession towards that, which I 
hear myself, I, I know it's not healthy to be obsessive about a relationship, but my eating disorder kind of fell away. Like I, nobody had time for that anymore. I had to see You're if it was busy obsessing over something else. <laughs> I swear to you, when you were obsessed, it just with transmuted. <laughs> when people were like, "How do I stop?" and I was like, "I am not an eating disorder therapist," but obviously, you want to channel your obsessive nature into something positive. Like a, a girl that I talk to a lot, she likes to paint, and I'd be like, "When is the last time you painted?" And she's like, "I really haven't." Like, throw yourself into something else. And for me, it fell away. Like it wasn't even like a cold stop. I just said. Like I, I didn't have time. Like I was making sure like, nothing was going on behind my back and it, I stopped doing it. But honestly, I stopped doing the behaviors like the, I guess, diagnosed eating disorders, like a bulimia anorexia. But the way I was living after that was still, I was still restricting. I was over exercising. Um, it, would, it wasn't eating disorders, but it wasn't healthy. It wasn't like I still had a problem. Like I still would, like I said, go work out on vacation, make sure that the- Yeah, they call it, wait, I wrote it down, orthorexia, orthorexia. which is like- Healthy yeah, ingredients and things. Yes. Is where you are obsessive, as obsessive as you are in planning your meals, in planning your workouts and making sure you execute. It's like the opposite of anorexia, but it is on the planning side, but overdoing it where it is, I wonder- from a mental perspective of, of having that kind of mental capacity or attention on one thing, I wonder if it, it stimulates the same part of the brains of that obsessive part. Yes. It's the control again. Like yeah. I'm not throwing up, but like, honestly, Allison, I feel like that's what we are taught to do. Like restrict your calories, do your cardio every day. And I thought I was doing what women are supposed to do. And I know so many women that live that way and they, count their macros and they stress out, like bring their food places. And when I lived that way and really focused on calories and making sure everything and make sure I got a workout in every day, I was 20 pounds heavier. So my message now is like, you do not need to live like that. There is another way. I understand that it sounds daunting and scary to not count your calories. I used to write mine down on little note cards. I get it. But now there's my fitness pal, which can do it all for you as well. Yeah. But then and it's easy to have those, yeah, those, those, uh, trackers, but then you get, and like, it's like, a, did I meet my macros? I feel like it's still a stressor. Like did, I didn't get enough protein and it's still something I'm sure that my fitness pal helps people. I used it when I first started out and realized that I was eating way too much sugar. Like my sugar button would be like, ding at like 11 AM. And I'm like, what the hell I'm done for the day. But it was because I eat a cupcake with my coffee or like, I was like, I haven't even had wine yet. And my sugar is gone. So it did help me, but I did it to figure out where I needed to like make tweaks. And I don't look at it on that daily basis because it's another thing that you're stressing. And if you're just mindful and you eat when you're hungry and you stop when you're satisfied, sounds so simple. Took me 20 years to figure it out your body trusts you. And it's like, she's eating, she's going to eat in another like hour or so. So it starts burning. And my metabolism turned back on because I was eating and I was in sync with my body and it trusted me again. Another component to it, I don't know how much you want to get into it, was lifting weights, which I feel like women are not told. Women think, do your cardio and sweat and the men are in the weight room. But I always say like the next time you're in your gym, look around the women with the best bodies are not on the treadmill. They are yeah, in the weight lifting. room. Mm -hmm. They are lifting because they have figured it out. And now I, I would be on the treadmill or the elliptical for like an hour, seven days a week. Now I work out three or four days a week, 
maybe 30 minutes and I lift, it's lifting. And that when you put muscle on your body, muscle is the most metabolically active tissue. So the more muscle you have, the more you're going to be burning. So I, now that I have muscle, I work out less. I eat pretty much whatever I want. I eat often, but I turn back on my portion control. It's portion control. control. And then the cortisol, you know, that if you're happier, if you're not stressed out over it, that's what is putting your weight down. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was sad and heavier. <laughs> like I was, now I'm happy and not trying as hard. And my body just kind of went. And I'm like, I would not be talking about it. I want to spread this message. If I just, if I'd had these results for like a couple of months, people would be like, whatever. But after doing everything that I did and then finding balance three years ago, even through two pregnancies, I came right back to where I'm at. I eat what I want. I eat often. I eat way more than I used to. And I weigh 20 pounds less. I have an emphasis on weightlifting versus cardio. Now I'll go for a run because I have a three and a six-year-old and I want to like go away yeah. for a second and come back. And it's more like the adrenaline. Like when you come back from a run, you just feel, or I'm sure like your dance class, which we need yeah, yeah. to talk about because that looks amazing. Um, you feel, I feel like just ready to take on whatever the day has. Like I feel ready to get back to my kids if I go for a run. So I do go for runs, but not for weight loss. And if you are right now exercising, to undo food, that is essentially an eating disorder. Like that's exercise bulimia. If you're working out to like cancel out or to counteract the food you ate that day, that's, it's not healthy. It's disordered. You should move your body like to be strong, to feel good when you get back from a run and all those things. But I worked out for so long to undo food. So it was like something that I had to do because I ate bad in quotes that day. But now it's like something that I get to do. And it's makes me feel good. And it has nothing to do with the, um, with what I ate. Like it's mostly like nutrition is going to change your, your body anyway. It's like, it's more about your nutrition and not your exercise. And before I was thinking Mm. have to work out seven days a week. Exercise seems so much easier than nutrition. If I'm being honest, but that's (laughs) not where you're going to see it. I'm like, I write in my book things that I eat, like what a typical day looks like. Like when you see how much I eat, and again, I weigh less. When I was trying hard and not eating, I weighed more. It's, it's so I not- wonder though, but from a cultural perspective, I know you have a daughter. I have a six-year-old daughter too. And oh my gosh, you know, they're the one, same age. Yeah. And so one of the things um I hear recently, my kids will wrestle all the time. I've got a nine-year-old boy and a six-year-old girl. And they'll call each other fatso. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to use that. Mm. You know, I don't, they learn it at school. It's not something we talk about here. And I'm wondering, even from a cultural perspective, you know, my daughter is so teeny. I mean, she's teeny (laughs) in general. Like she's, my kids are just smaller. They're just smaller. And, you know, like I, I heard her say, um, I look fat and I'm like, so how do you even, you know, like it is a cultural problem that needs to be healed. And I think, you know, I, I'm still, I wince at body positivity, you know, because I think, I don't know, I, I think it's too absolute. I think body positivity and never miss a Monday are just too absolute. I think we need to give ourselves more grace for, you know, for, feeling like shit some days and letting it be okay. You know, not really, it doesn't mean you celebrate or or wallow in that you kind of feel puffy today, but 
you acknowledge it and you move on, right? Yes. And, and that, I, that's, there's another part. It's like being mindful when you're eating, but also with exercise. Like if I'm not feeling it on a Monday, I'll miss a Monday. Be- and before I would make myself go to the gym and yeah. there is something to that. I guess it's like, you're setting the tone for the week. And the thing is, if it works for you, do that. But for 20 years, what I was doing didn't work. So you have to find what works for you. Now I listen to my body as in terms of hunger and like exercise, like some days. And, and I found if I take a couple of days off, I am so ready to like get a workout in and I get so much more out of that workout. I listen to my body and I work out when I want to work out and not, it's not something that's like a chore. So but, how do um, we heal our kids with yeah, this? I, is it a mess? It's my scariest thing that, that I think about. So my daughter is the opposite. She is almost as tall as the teacher's aide in the kindergarten. She oh is head and shoulders, head and shoulders above everyone in her class. I'm 5'10", my husband's 6'4". Like it's just going to get worse. Like she's just going to be taller. She's gorgeous. She has these long legs, but it's going to start to affect her that she's tall. I hated it when I was growing up that I was taller than boys. And people, if people start picking at her height, like she definitely does not look like she's in kindergarten. But that noise, like I do not want her to have an ounce of the noise that I grew up with. We're not going to have a scale in the house. We're not going to say fat. So <laughs> we're not, if she, if there's anything like that, like that would make her feel, I don't know. It's too, this is like every morning she makes her breakfast and I'll come down and there's like three ego waffles. And then she'll ask for like a bowl of oatmeal. And I'm like, Amaya, oh, like, oh my goodness. But then I'm like, don't make her think that she's mm-hmm. eating too much, but I don't like, I, it's so hard. Like I want to protect her and keep her healthy, but like, I don't, want it to ever be like a negative, like you're, it's, you're eating too much, but I'll catch myself being like, honey, like you just had three waffles. But then I don't want her to be like, well, sh- I shouldn't eat a lot. I should eat two waffles. It's so hard. And I feel like I'm going to be a better mom for it. Having figured this out before I had kids, like at 37, like that's I had her at 36. She was one when I kind of figured all this out. And I, like I said, I get criticism that I have, I use fat phobic language and I'm glad that people point that out because I never want to do that to my daughter. And the point of like, you should be happy at anybody. Like I admittedly feel my best. Like I feel like I'm a better mom. I'm a better spouse, better friend when I'm in my best body. Cause I just, I feel like I shine. I'm good. I don't have this like cloud over me. That's like my weight, which it was for so long. So I truly feel best in my best physical body. And now I achieve my best physical body by in a healthy way by, by taking care of it. So I don't want her to be chasing a physical ideal, but I can't say that being in my best physical body doesn't make me feel good. So maybe Mm -hmm. I have a lot of work to do, but who knows? I think it's something that we all work on, you know, like I, I, I find from me, I'm very, like I've had botched plastic surgery. I had a mommy makeover that was completely botched. Um, and body dysmorphia and and disordered eating. And, you know, I'll look and, and in the mirror and I'm like, I need to fix. Nope, 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 nope. And I, I, I don't get on the scale. I don't let it mean anything. I do track, like I have a smartwatch, you know, I never have any, um, I, I never need to be motivated to work out, but I've done it so long that it feels good. Yeah. And I understand that there are some people that don't, you know, like I, I think, not restricting eating, but, um, being more mindful of my eating is definitely where I need work, but it, it is interesting to kind of, you know, catch myself 
of the negative self-talk and even yeah. just walking by the mirror and going, God, you look old. Uh, oh my God. You know, like you're cognizant of it at least. Right. Even though if you're still saying it, you're right. catching it. And well, you- I don't know about that, but it, <laughs> but it is, you know, you have to be so mindful of it. I just think it's, it's a mind game. And I think even with kids, like it starts so early of, of comparing no. yourself. You no. know, my daughter has the opposite issue that she barely eats. She eats macaroni and cheese and that's it. And she's so teeny mm-hmm. that I feel like I'm easily giving her an eating disorder, telling her to eat, it's you know, and she, we but all she uses it. She uses it. You know what I mean? To, she knows that that is, you know, the, the carrot. And so for me, and so I, I don't know, <laughs> it totally is. So we're all, uh, we're all figuring it out. And, you know, I think, I think your story is important because I think it, it alleviates the pressure we put on ourselves especially if you're listening and you uh, are a perfectionist, um, which typically perfectionists are procrastinators. Um, We find too that they very often go hand in hand. And I wonder, you know, what would it take if you change your mind around your thoughts around working out or food and what it would do to your body if you just let go and let your body trust your body and trust that you're going to be okay Yeah, until you get new practices in it too. Yeah. It doesn't sound right. I know that it doesn't sound right. I eat more and I don't work out as much, but I mean, there are new studies on it. I just don't know that it's gotten around, especially if you're following people that are in, you know, using filters and and putting, you know, ridiculous angles and all of those things where they're trying to get the perfect shot. Yes. you know, like you're, you're, you can change the algorithm by following people like you and Kim Shaper and people that are really on top of, of the newest science, the newest discovery of, you know, like low fat and all of that stuff. And it is funny that obesity in America didn't explode until the low fat craze came in the eighties. I don't know if you know that, but it makes sense. Like, remember snack wells? Like, yes. hell oh, yeah, God, I'm crushing wells. those. <laughs> That's what it is. Low fat chips, low fat cookies. They're yeah. low fat. So you eat the whole bag. Well, at least I did. I justified it. Oh, they're low fat. But now I'll have a full fat cookie and I'll have one. And you have to try it. Like watch yeah. when your brain is satisfied, you don't even want another one. Your brain is not satisfied with a snack well cookie. So that's why right. you eat 50. If you just have the thing that tastes good, your brain is satisfied. And if you want another one, have two. It's all also processed bullshit too, which yes, doesn't doesn't really uh, process in your body very well. Have two and then like call it, it's not have two and stress that I ate two, so I should go back and finish the box right. because I'm going to start again tomorrow. Have it, have the thing, move on. And don't stress it. You like if you keep thinking about it, you're going to end up overindulging. If you give yourself the thing, it's not as tempting anymore. I have a cookie or something every day. I have wine every day, so it's like too like on the weekends when I'm not hungover or like feeling like I have a bottle of wine open. I got to drink it because Monday's not a drinking day. There were so many rules. And if you I'm just so much about the scarcity though, like it's not going to be there tomorrow. So I might as well do it today. And I, I think that mind, you know, like that acknowledgement of the scarcity part, like we've talked about it. We've used many examples in our conversation today over, 
you know, today's not a drinking day or tomorrow's not a drinking day or that wine is going to go bad. So I might as well, you know, it's open. I might as well finish it. And I think, I think that it is kind of acknowledging that it starts to kind of unravel, you know, maybe the, the addictions that we might have. Yes. It's, it's just, it takes over your whole life. It's such a, it's an addiction, like the, the striving towards, for me, it was skinny. I feel like the ideal is changing now and more like more women are trying to build muscle and it's not this like waif, like Kate Moss figure, which I wanted to be growing up. Like the aesthetic is kind of changing. Muscle is good. Women's bigger butts are seeing it immediate too, you know, like even commercials. Finally. Yes. And that's what our daughters will see. Like, don't you worry about social media. Like I was throwing up my food and had no self-worth and there wasn't social media. I mean, there was like magazines at the grocery store. You'd be like, oh, but they're airbrushed. Like our daughters are going to grow up thinking that like, this is what they're supposed to look like. And I, I sat on this story. I hadn't said it for so long. And now I feel like I've done three interviews recently and said it on everyone, but it, something has inspired me to share it. A reality star was sitting in front of me on a plane, this long, I mean, say it's like a couple hours. I could see through the cracks in the seat. She was working on a a post for Instagram and she had this app and she would like blow it up so she could be really close in on her thighs, on her arms. And Allison, she was shaving down her arm Mm. and I like, it gives me goosebumps now. And I was like, no, I'm watching it. She posted it. She has a huge following. It got thousands of likes. And all I could think about was there's like a 14 year old girl. Like if I could just starve myself and get a little bit skinnier, I'll look like her. She doesn't look like that. That is a completely altered picture. Mm-hmm. Look at all the like filters and you're looking at something that just isn't even reality. And you're trying to strive to achieve something that that person didn't even achieve. It's not even real. And it, it makes me sick for my daughter. Like, I don't want her, I don't want her on social media. I know I'm not gonna be able to do it, <laughs> but it's sad. And like people, the p- people put that out there and you think that that's what you're supposed to look like. So like. Whenever I do like, well, like TV, I'll put on makeup. But if it's not, if I'm just on my Instagram, or, like I'm talking or doing a TikTok or a reel, I never have makeup on. You're keeping it real. It's reality. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, I can get myself, that never happens. Like it happens like a couple times a year. So why would I do myself up like that to post one picture when my hair's in a ponytail and I don't have makeup on? Why would I, would I, and I want to say something, why would I like do myself up to say the thing? Just say the thing. And people would be like, oh my gosh. Like I look like that too. And well, that seems, yeah, that seems to be really, really working for you too. Cause it's so relatable. It really strikes a chord. And uh, so how do people get in touch with you? How do people find you? I am most active on Instagram. I'm squats and margaritas. Uh, and then my podcast squats and margaritas are like, it's wherever you get your podcast. My blog is squats and margaritas.com. Pretty easy, right? Yeah. You can't cross the board. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Erin Washington of Squats and Margaritas for sharing her story with us. I have so many questions about how to moderate it all or all the time and lose weight. We're going to be continuing this discussion on the Culture Changers Discord server, and I want to hear from you. So go to allisonhair.com and sign up for my emails or just go directly to the server uh, in the show notes. I've linked all of Aaron's info in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.